the with fraud, our seniors are targeted because they're nice. I mean, they're nicer. They're going to talk to you. They're a little more trusting in a lot of cases. They're not expecting someone who's acting nice to them to maybe not have their best interest in mind. And the other part of it is they are less likely to report it because they're embarrassed and ashamed and they don't want their family members to think, oh, mom's losing it. She can't manage her finances. She's been a victim of fraud. So they don't want to report it. And so in how many cases go and report it because of that? So let's talk about being safe. Yeah, make sure that they're educated, that there are some you know, people out there that are trying to defraud them. Welcome to Aging in Style with me, Lori Williams. I'm an optimist by nature, and I believe you can follow your dreams at any age. My grandmother's journey with dementia ignited a passion in me to work with seniors. I've spent the past 13 years learning about seniors and aging. In my mid-50s, I followed my own dream and founded my company, where I use my expertise to help seniors locate housing and resources. On this podcast, we cover all aspects of aging. Join us each week to meet senior living experts and inspirational seniors who are following their dreams. The fact is, we're all aging, so why not do it in style? Hi, welcome to today's episode. I'm glad you're here, and the topic today is a heavy one. We are talking about elder abuse, and I wanted to cover this topic because it has been all over the news recently. Um, It seems like every time... I turn on the news or look online, I see a story about elder abuse, whether it's, you know, fraud or abuse in a nursing home or abuse at the hands of a family member. So I want to talk about this because I think a lot of people, when you hear elder abuse, you automatically assume it's something that happened in a nursing home or assisted living. And and yeah, it can happen there, but it can happen um, anywhere. It could happen in their own home. It could happen at the hands of family members. One um, study I read said that 60% of the time abuse is from a family member, which just, I hope that's not actually true because that pretty much breaks my heart to hear that. So let's talk about elder abuse, what it is, what we can do to prevent it, how we can be on the lookout for our seniors, and who, if we, if we notice something going on, who we can report it to. Okay, so let's start out by just defining what is elder abuse. So elder abuse is defined as the intentional act or failure to act that causes or creates a risk of harm to an older adult. And an older adult is someone who is age 60 or older, and the abuse occurs at the hands of a caregiver or a person that the elder trusts. So there's different types of abuse. And and like I said earlier, I think we always go to someone being physically abused in a nursing home. And that is, you know, that is one one form, but there's many others. So physical abuse, of course, is when uh, an older person experiences illness, pain, injury, distress, death, anything due to the use of intentional force. So things like hitting, kicking, pushing, slapping, burning. So awful to think of, but there are people out there that that do that they physically abuse our seniors and this could be in a facility like I said or it could be at home it could be with a family caregiver it could be with um, a paid caregiver could be with a trusted friend Um, there's also sexual abuse which we we hate to um, think about that happening to a senior but unfortunately it does happen 
And unfortunately, in the years that I've worked in senior living, I have come across a handful of cases where a senior was sexually abused in one case by a neighbor and other cases by a caregiver. So it does happen. We absolutely hate to think of that happening, but it does. There's also emotional or psychological abuse. And of course, that's typically verbal behaviors, verbal abuse, anything that causes like fear or distress or mental pain for our older adults. That would be like, you know, things like talking disrespectfully to them, humiliating them, making threats. I've kind of heard it all, you know, some really ugly things. And then of course, there's neglect, which is just the failure to meet their basic needs, you know, your basic needs of food, water, shelter, clothing, um, hygiene, and access to medical care. And then financial abuse, which is one we hear a lot about in the news as well. And that's the illegal, unauthorized, or improper use of a senior's money, benefits, belongings, property, or assets for the benefit of someone other than the older adult. Working in senior living again, as long as I have, I've run across this several times. Recently had a lady who her house was taken by a trusted friend. And the woman actually sold all of this lady's belongings, packed them up. And the family, thankfully, the family came to check on her. They were out of state and found what was happening. And uh, this woman had started remodeling the house. I mean, it was just crazy what people will do. But they were able to get the house back, at least, not her belongings, which is just terrible. So as I said, I mean, we are going to see more and more cases of elder abuse, just simply because there aren't enough caregivers out there to care for all the seniors, all the people who are aging out and who are starting to need some assistance. So the question is, why are we seeing such an increase in the pandemic? And that's really because of two things, I would say the main two things, isolation of our seniors. So we all had to go shelter at home, right when the pandemic started. And so what happened was, you know, a lot of seniors who had friends or who were active, maybe they were active in their church or in their senior center, they became more isolated. And even when the, you know, stay at home orders lifted, a lot of seniors were afraid. I mean, a lot of people were afraid to go out. And there's still, you know, with COVID is still cases are are rising with the Omicron. So a lot of seniors are still at home. So they became very isolated. They didn't have a support a group of um, support to call on. The other thing that happened was a lot of people, because they couldn't get to their family members, they brought them home. And that's great, but not everyone is designed to be a caregiver and there's no judgment there. To care for someone with dementia, I think would be a very, very difficult job. And not everyone's cut out for that. So there was a lot of stress, family members caring for their senior loved one at home. I've seen a lot of verbal abuse or heard of a lot of verbal abuse. And then also, of course, what we hear on the news all the time, and it's true. I mean, it's hard to get people to work and keep working. There's a lot of burnout with caregivers. They don't make a lot of money. And quite honestly, I feel like it's the type of job that you take because you have a passion for seniors. And I feel like if you don't have that passion, it would be a very hard job to care for someone, especially you know if you're changing them, cleaning them, all the things that you have to do for someone, it's a hard job. And so we're seeing a lot of caregivers, experienced caregivers who have left the workforce um, just due to burnout, uh, maybe just completely switched 
fields and then like with with everything that's going on right now there's just so many people who who aren't working so it's just affected senior living just like it's affected restaurants and other different businesses so those are some of the reasons why we are seeing more you know an increase in elder abuse stories so what can we do how can we prevent abuse and i think the best way to prevent is to like what we're doing now educate talk about it listen to your older adults and their caregivers to understand like what challenges what's going on of course if you notice any signs learn well, actually learn all the signs of elder abuse and and what it is and that's what we are just talking about the different types of elder abuse there there are and due to the isolation we need to be better about checking in on our older adults especially those who may maybe don't have a lot of friends or family in the area check to see if how they're doing and then provide some support to our friends or family members who may be caregivers. A lot of times caregivers don't want to ask for help. They just try to take it all on themselves. And especially, you know, during this time of COVID, you know, a lot of people have who maybe had support groups or had someone coming in to help with a with this um, elderly family member, they no longer have that. So so it's just to check in on those people who are caregivers. If you're a caregiver, find some kind of relief. Have someone who gives you a break. You need a break. You need to have some self-care. There are adult daycare programs. There's different ones in the area. I know that they're all back open again, so maybe that could be an option. And then also, you know, if you are feeling very stressed, you need to look into maybe some counseling or a support group, even if it's something online through Zoom. And as I said, the older adult population is growing faster. I just want to repeat that again. It's growing faster in our country than the younger populations. So that in and of itself is going to make many of our older adults, they're going to need care and it's going to make them vulnerable because they're going to have to rely on a caregiver or find someone that they trust. These are just things we need to keep in mind going forward to prevent abuse. Okay, so if you suspect abuse of any type, you need to contact the appropriate authorities. And so if you notice an immediate danger, you know, something that you're like, oh my gosh, this person could be killed. <laughs> this is awful. Call 911, of course. If you suspect abuse, but the danger is not imminent, um, then you need to contact your local adult protective services. The APS is what that's called. And that's in every state. They will send a caseworker out that will look into what's going on, interview the caregiver and see what's happening with the person. Or if the person's living alone, it could be, you know, something with neglect, they will get involved and uh, make sure that there's some help for this person. If you suspect abuse of a person who lives in a nursing home or an assisted living or memory care or care or residential care home, you would contact your local long-term care ombudsman. And we've done a show on this, so we will put a link to that information to learn more about what an ombudsman is. But we're also going to have links to the websites for APS so you can find your local APS and then also to ombudsman so you can find your local ombudsman. Um, so those are the three things that you do immediate danger 911 if it's um, suspected abuse or neglect anything like that 
contact APS, Adult Protective Services. And if it's someone who's living in a facility, like I said, a nursing home, assisted living, memory care, or residential care home, then you're going to contact your ombudsman. So the other thing I do want to talk about as well is scams. And we've talked about scams in the past, but I think it's really important. There's been a lot more internet fraud and scams. And I want to talk a little bit about the top scams that are out there, just so that you're aware. A lot of our seniors are on Facebook, which is great. I think it's it's a wonderful way to stay connected. But being on Facebook or Instagram or any other social media, there are some risks. And so definitely, if um, if your senior family member is on, make sure that their settings are set for private, you know, so there's different settings in Facebook. And so I think it's really important that they're aware of who they're sharing with. Have that conversation. Don't just let anyone be your friend. There's and when people are lonely, sometimes they do that. But there's a lot of creepers out there who just will want to become a friend with someone to find out more about their personal information. Okay, and so with fraud, our seniors are targeted because they're nice. I mean, they're nicer. They're going to talk to you. They're a little more trusting in a lot of cases. They're not expecting someone who's acting nice to them to maybe not have their best interest in mind. And the other part of it is they are less likely to report it because they're embarrassed and ashamed and they don't want their family members to think, oh, mom's losing it. She can't manage her finances. She's been a victim of fraud. So they don't want to report it. And so it go, I don't know how many cases go and report it because of that. So let's talk about being safe. Like I said, the whole Facebook thing or social media, make sure that they're educated, that there are some um, you know people out there that are trying to defraud them. The other thing is there are all kinds of different scams. And there's a site, and I will also post the link to it, because I think it's, it's interesting to stay knowledgeable about what scams are the most popular and what's going on. And it's through Social Security. So I'll put the link on there so that you can get the latest scam alerts. But right now, the top three scam alerts are romance scam, and the romance scam is, and I just had a lady this happen to, she lost her house to someone who was scamming her. I mean, total sleaze. It makes me so mad. But she was contacted through Messenger in Facebook by someone. And they began a romance, that's in air quotes, and he was just trying to scam her. So what they do is they act like, like kind of like love bomb them, you know, with all that the, you're the most wonderful person, whatever. And then they'll start asking for things. So that maybe they're asking for gift cards. They may say they suddenly their car broke down. They had some sort of some kind of crisis where they need money. And if anyone ever asks you to wire money or send gift cards, that is a huge red flag. So no, do not do that. Uh, especially wiring that can't really be traced. So you're pretty much screwed if that happens and you send money that way. So romance scams one to be aware of. The grandparent scam, and I've talked about this one before because this one actually happened in my family. And so what they do is usually it's through information they have found on social media. Maybe grandma friended someone and this person sees the name of their grandchildren and learns a little bit about them. Now in my family's case, that's not what happened because it happened with my stepfather, who is not on social media, and my son, who is not on social media. So I really don't know how they found this information and connected the two of them, but I guess you can find anything on the internet. But what happens with the grandparent scam is, and, and this is 
exactly what happened in my family. So my stepfather called me and he said, hey, Chris, who's my son, he said, Chris just called me and I think it's Chris. It sounded like him. And he said he's at the police station and that he's been injured. He was in a car accident and he was drinking and he needs me to talk to his lawyer and he doesn't want you to know. So if you could talk, call this person, talk to the lawyer and send him money. And so thankfully, my stepfather does not have any dementia because that also would put you at a little more risk if you have a little bit of dementia, a little cognitive decline. And he just thought this sounded fishy. And he called me and thank God he called me. And he said, because he tells me the story, and I'm like, um, look out the window. And I see my son's car out front. I'm like, Chris is here. I went down, checked, and he's like, what? What is happening? So we were able to, thankfully, because he called me, he didn't, you know, he, he was aware that this was a scam. This sounded crazy. But it happens a lot. It's one of the top scams that's going on right now. So romance scam and the uh, grandparent scam. The other one is the government impersonation scam. And this one is so crazy, and I, I get why people fall for it. It'll be someone's calling, either they're, they're threatening, and they say they're with the IRS, or they're with Social Security, or they'll say, you need to act now, we can save you money, and or, or get you more Social Security. There's all kinds of crazy things out there, but they'll either do it by, you have to act now. They put that kind of pressure on them that you have to make this decision right now, or they'll ask for personal information. If anyone ever calls and asks for your the social security number, any part of it, that's a hard no. You don't want to give any of that, any kind of personal information away. So those, like I said, those are the three top scams. And then also any kind of phone scams, those are huge right now because a lot of seniors or everyone, you know, we're home more. There's a lot of people calling, you won a prize or texting scams also. I get those all the time. Like AT&T, click here, we're giving you this bonus or something. So just anything like that, just ignore it. Never click on any unsolicited email because they're typically there's some sort of phishing scam. So that's my thought on scams <laughs> and just to make you aware of what's going on with that. So if you get a suspicious call or text message or email, anything like that, you can hang up. You have the power to hang up on people. And I think a lot of seniors are just too nice, but just hang up on them. You don't have to talk to someone, especially if they start getting, um, like I said, sort of threatening or if they just are real pushy with you. Um, same thing with people coming to your door. I had someone come to my door yesterday. They were trying to sell windows or something, but my husband went to the door and he was there talking to them forever. So I told him he's banned from going to the door because <laughs> he just, I don't know, I don't know why he was talking to them forever and, you know, setting up an appointment. I'm like, we're not, we're not getting windows right now. So you need to cancel that appointment. But he's like super friendly like that. I don't answer the door personally. So if you come to my door and knock on it, I'm probably not going to answer, but he will, <laughs> but maybe not now because I told him he's not allowed to. So anyhow, I just I hope this helps to give you some awareness because that, that's really what I want to raise here is awareness of what elder abuse is and that we are all looking out for our senior neighbors, our seniors in the community. If you notice anything 
that just seems off or not right, then we need to report it through the proper channels. And as I said, I'll have all that information in the show notes. Anna, my producer, who's amazing, she will put everything in the show notes so that you will have that. Thank you so much for listening and please share this information with your friends, with your family members, with other seniors. It's just really important to, like I said, educate and get this information out and keep our seniors protected. Thanks so much. And we will talk next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.